Welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine, your hostess. This show is all about helping you build a sustainably profitable business while making an unbelievable impact on your world. Learn from my 20 years of experience and from my guests as we discuss their pricing challenges, failures, and successes. Pricing is a way of being or behaving in your business. My mission is to help you confidently charge for the value you deliver. Pricing is either hurting or helping your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. In this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, I sit down with Kristen Westcott, online business strategist and copywriter for coaches. Kristen confesses when she started her business, she made some pretty big pricing mistakes. Making mistakes isn't a problem. It's what you do with them that makes a difference. Kristen was able to learn from those mistakes, listen to some of the experts around her, and make some changes that got her business headed in the right direction. There's that and more in this episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine Liston, your hostess. I am so excited to have you here with us today and my special guest, Kristen Westcott. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Janine. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Let's get right into it. And why don't we start with where are you calling in from today? I am from Niagara Falls, Ontario. So for those listeners who don't know where that is, it's just north of your New York border. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I've actually never been to Niagara Falls. (laughs) Oh, it's a must see, but I do recommend the springtime rather than this time of year. Right now it would be kind of cold. Exactly. (laughs) Funny. All right. Question number two, what is your superpower? Well, I have been told I am really great at organizing the chaos. So imagine those tangled Christmas lights. (laughs) I am great at kind of separating them all out and really starting to see how we can break things down and, you know, take all of that chaos and and put it in order. (laughs) Oh, cool. Excellent. That's a great skill because there's a lot of chaos out there. (laughs) All right. Next question. What's one interesting thing that most people do not know about you? Oh, hmm. I guess probably I don't share this a lot online is that I do have quite a spiritual side to me that people don't often associate with me because I'm very type A, very logical, Mm -hmm. very left brained. But what you can't see here on my desk is, you know, like a whole bunch of crystals and things (laughs) like that. And so I do have a spiritual side that I don't often share. Okay. Well, that's really, that's lovely. I know I tend to be very right brain oriented myself. And for the past five years, I've done mindfulness meditation, but I came through it. I came to it, I guess you would say through the neuroscience side, not through the spirituality side. Ah, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess there's lots of ways to come to these things. Okay. One more question for you. I always like to ask this question because our topic on the show, as everybody knows, is pricing. And there's such a strong connection between price and value. So what would you say is the real down to the very nitty gritty roots, the real value that you deliver your clients? Well, I'm going to say probably it's that, that clarity mm-hmm. and, and at the surface, like you said, it doesn't quite seem like that's what they're looking for. Or that's mm-hmm. the value. But at the end of the day, if you lack clarity in your business going forward, you're spinning your wheels, you're trying a bunch of things, the proverbial mm-hmm. throwing spaghetti against the wall 
you know, take two steps forward, one step back. And so what we really dig into is, is getting that clarity mm-hmm. around what's going on in their business, where does they really want to go, their vision, what are their deep core values so that we mm-hmm. can make sure that they are building a business that they're going to love and that they're not going to look back three years from now and mm-hmm. say, oh my goodness, how did I get to where I am? So we really dig deep into those things so they can have that clarity on how they want to proceed going forward. Okay. Wow. Excellent. And so that helps them then also build a stronger business ultimately. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Super. Well, thank you for sharing those. I like to start off with these questions so that we get to know our guests a little bit. So thank you for following along with that. So I'd like to take you back to uh, when you first started your career. Where did you start your career? In the online space, I actually started out as a health and life coach, which probably is a second piece that a lot of people don't know about me. And that's actually how I got into the online space and figuring out this business thing, because I I had no prior knowledge. My background Mm. is in sociology. I had no business Mm. experience. But when you start to learn something new, I did what a lot of people do. I took a bunch of online courses and that kind of stuff. And then from there, I realized that rather than getting into the coaching, I really loved helping the other business owners Mm -hmm. figure out all those steps and pieces to kind of putting that together. Mm -hmm. So I transitioned into operations and really helping people figure out the strategy and all of those pieces that kind of go, go Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it has been quite the journey that I feel like I've kind of just circled (laughs) around so many pieces of this online space, but yeah, I got started in the coaching space. Right. Oh, that's really interesting. And did you, you work for yourself? So you've been a self supporting, that's the wrong phrase. You've been self-employed the entire time then. Well, when I started as a coach, Mm -hmm. I was doing the quote unquote side hustle. I was still working my corporate job while I was learning the coaching skill and trying to build Mm -hmm. that business on the side. And Uh, in 2019, I left that position and I went full-time. So since 2019, I have been full-time fully supporting my, my business is the only income I bring in. So you took the leap. Excellent. When you first had to price the services that you offered, how did you go about doing that? When I first started, so like I said, I started as Mm -hmm. a health coach and I spent a lot of time looking at different things and I got caught up in Pinterest in the blogging world. Your listeners aren't quite familiar with the blogging space. It's a lot of very low priced courses, right? A Mm -hmm. lot of the $9 to $37 type products with like Mm -hmm. their top product being like 197. That's kind of what I was Mm -hmm. picturing in terms of pricing my services is kind of in alignment with what was going Mm -hmm. on there. And then looking at what was I making in corporate and Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, I make $35 an hour here. So therefore I should be charging around that for my coaching rather than considering all of the additional expenses for running your own business. I was really just taking that corporate mindset of dollars per hour and applying that to my business Mm -hmm. as to what I thought people would pay for that type of service. Right. Which is a common, I will confess, mistake that most people make, right? That they think, okay, if the equivalent of my salary is $37 an hour or $35 an hour, then that's what I should be charging people. But as you alluded to, it's quite different than that. How did you come to that conclusion or that decision that it should be different? I was working with coaches and they Mm -hmm. politely... acknowledge that error and you know we work through the fact that you mm-hmm. know there's all these other pieces you have to consider now that you're mm-hmm. working for yourself and that you're not working for another company right? right including investing in your own retirement investing in 
all of the business overhead and expenses, investing in marketing, investing in coaching, and mm -hmm. all of these things have to be paid for by yeah. the business now. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely true. So people will often hear me say that, you know, they need to focus on the customer and they need to focus on the value. And it doesn't, I'm not saying that because you don't need to focus on the cost. It is part of it. And it is an important part, even if you're a service-based business, <laughs> but I think that most service-based business owners don't pick up on that until later on in their business. Mm -hmm. So I'd say you're not alone. How did it feel to you when you first had to start saying, okay, I'm going to charge for what I do? It was, it was an adjustment. I feel like, again, I started in the health and and life coaching industry. And mm -hmm. around that time, there was a lot of the, the MLM companies out there, the shake company. Mm -hmm what have you, and they don't charge for their coaching. And I say that because like, there's, there's, they don't have certifications. They don't have a background. They don't have a framework. They don't have a process mm -hmm. and yet they're calling themselves coaches mm -hmm. and it's not, not a regulated industry. And I'm not at all bashing the coaches in that industry. I'm just mm -hmm. saying because they weren't charging because they're making right. their money off their shakes and, and all of the other things. Right. It was a challenge for me to see how people would value or mm -hmm. pay for health coaching when it had the same title as what they were receiving for free or what they thought they were right. receiving for free when in actuality, what I was doing was quite different because I actually had a framework and a process that we would work through over mm -hmm. 12 weeks that right. dug deeper into the mindset piece behind why they were making the health choices they were making mm -hmm. rather than focusing on the specific foods they were or weren't going right. to be putting into their body. Trying to convince you know myself that somebody would find that valuable was a mm -hmm. challenge for me. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. The influence of the, you know, the MLMs or some of the other, they're really competitors. They may be more indirect than direct, right? So mm -hmm. out there because they do have such an influence on people's perception of what value is. We talk about this all the time that, you know, some people will use a certain product or offer as a little offer to get them in the door and then lead into a bigger offer. Somebody else might use the same offer as their main offer. And depending on how you're using it, you would price it very different as well, which is exactly, exactly what you're talking about here. And that does have an influence on people's perceptions. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the, your commitment to mm -hmm. the transformation and how they're going to use the information that you're giving them and what have you like, I am queen of buying the micro offer off Facebook. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to lie about that. You know, if I see something I like, I download it. Mm -hmm because it's $37 or $27 right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you more than half of them. I haven't even really Open. like I've, I, or I've opened them, but I haven't really like gone through, like I've just kind of at a glance gone, Oh, that's really great. I'll get to right. that next week or whatever. And mm -hmm. next week doesn't come, you know, but that person who's created that product mm -hmm. has put a lot of time and effort. And if I used it, I probably would get a fantastic transformation. I would get the result that they promised, but mm -hmm. because it's priced at $37, I'm okay to just shelve it. Whereas right. if I had paid, $2,000 for that very same product, you bet I'm working through those modules and, and trying to get the transformation yeah. that they promised. Yeah. That's also, that's a really great point because it does, obviously it affects people's commitment to the process, to uh, the work that needs to be done. That's, that's absolutely true as well. Wow. I really enjoy that. Cool. What I'd like to understand a little bit more about is what what has really worked well for you when it comes to pricing in your business? What do you think has brought you the farthest? 
I think first of all, doing the mindset work behind mm -hmm. that and recognizing mm -hmm. that the price tag on my products is not mm -hmm. equal my value because for a while there, I had those things interconnected mm -hmm. and that people wouldn't want to pay that because I wasn't mm -hmm. worth that amount or what have you. I've mm -hmm. really had to work hard on separating those two things and recognizing that that has nothing to do with me and the value I bring and everything to do with the the cost of running the program, putting it together in marketing mm -hmm. and the transformation or the result they're going to get and what mm -hmm. that is worth to them, right. not necessarily to myself. And that mm -hmm. that has been a long process. It's not something that happened overnight. Like I said, I've been at this since 2017 mm -hmm. and it is it has been a journey. And every time I shift into something <laughs> new or put out a new offer, I have to go back through right that same process because those mm -hmm. same kinds of thoughts come up in my head of, is this worth it? Are they going to pay this? Am I going to mm -hmm. be able to deliver on something like this? And, right. you know, also I, I've been burned by other programs that I've bought mm -hmm. that have had those price tags. And so that enters into the equation of, right, all of this mindset stuff that I work through. But to me, that is a big component yeah. of setting your pricing is really doing, doing the inner work so that mm -hmm. you're not connecting your worth to the price tag you're putting on your product. Right, right. And how do you think, what's like one step people that can take in order to help them get started on doing that? Well, I say like, I, I am a big proponent of working with a coach. And so mm -hmm. whatever capacity that is for you, whether it's a group coaching program or one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. coaching, I'm a big proponent of, of getting that feedback. I, I like the group programs because you get a whole community that right. are also giving you that feedback of how, how wonderful you are and how mm -hmm. you are not tied to this particular right. product. Right. Um, but also just kind of like doing affirmations or meditation mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really kind of sitting with those thoughts. And um, I'm not sure if your listeners are familiar with Byron Katie, mm -hmm. but she has a book called The Work. And it's, you're asking yourself these four questions. And so a lot of times when these things come up, I'm going back through that same set of four questions, right? right? Is this true? What mm -hmm. else could be true? And really working to kind of separate my value and my worth from the price tag on the product. Right, right. Yeah, I've heard, worked with Byron Katie's uh, work as well. Buying graves works. <laughs> this funny <laughs> statement. Uh, but I think everybody understands what I mean. And it is it is very powerful, but it's not always easy, right? So no. it brings up all kinds of stuff that maybe you would prefer to ignore. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's level. why I work with a coach, right? Or because they're from. pushing me to kind of get through that uncomfortableness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, a lot of it, I think a lot of it is stuff, there's stuff that you're aware of, and there's so much more that, you know, you're, you're just completely oblivious to. And then, you know, one day you say something and you hear it for the first time out loud, come out of your mouth. You're like, wow, do I really believe that? Uh oh, we got to work on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So let's start wrapping this up. What's one thing people should remember from our discussion today? Well, we've talked a lot about how the value of your, your program doesn't equal your worth, but I just want to kind of add one more thing mm -hmm. onto that. And that is another error that I made was what I call pricing by committee, mm -hmm. right? So because I didn't want to determine my own worth mm -hmm. and putting the price tag on here, I was going to let everyone else determine my worth. And so I would ask this person, what do you think I should price it at? And I would ask this right. person and I would ask like five or 10 people, what do you think this is worth? Um, and I was allowing them to determine the worth and the value mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. what I was offering when they didn't really understand everything that right. I was doing. And so I think there's a big part of that deeply comes from mm -hmm. understanding that you know, the value that you provide is separate from who you are and to right. own that and keep that power within yourself rather right. than 
allowing other people to determine the worth. Um, so no pricing by committee. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. No pricing by committee. I mean, it's certainly if you ask people, you probably ask 10 people, you get 10 different answers for sure. <laughs> exactly. And they're conflicting because like you said, someone thinks it should be your low end offer that leads to something else. And someone else thinks it should be your core offer. And now yeah. you're back where you started with all the different answers and still no idea as to where to price yeah. your product. <laughs> and if they're not someone who would actually ever buy your service, it's not because of you or anything, but because it's not their thing or they're not interested in that, then of course you get all kinds of weird, <laughs> weird input. That's not really very helpful. We always talk about family, friends, and fools. So <laughs> avoid, <laughs> avoid the triple F. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Don't ask the family, the friends, or the fools. <laughs> <laughs> like a telephone plan. <laughs> What's the best business advice that you've ever been given? Mm. That's a hard one. I mean, I've been given a lot of great advice, but I think part of one of the things that I've been told is to really sit with things for a day or two, instead mm -hmm. of just jumping right into it. A lot of times we can react very quickly mm -hmm. in, in a variety of situations, whether it's in pricing, whether it's in figuring out a new product, whether it's in responding to something on social mm -hmm. media, it can be in a variety of different instances, but instead of just immediately reacting to really kind of sit with it, you know, kind of work through whatever the emotions are. And mm -hmm. then from that place, be able to respond in a better manner. Oh, I like that. Recently, Mel Robbins had a video. She was being interviewed about pricing in her own business. And she was, she was telling people after she had a bad experience where she had underpriced herself and was called out on it a little bit by the, well, a little bit, quite a bit by the HR manager, she started changing how she has that conversation. And when they would say she would have the conversation they would ask her the question, how much do you charge? And she would do five, four, three, two, one, breathe and say, what's your budget? <laughs> They'd respond and she'd say five, four, three, two, one, breathe and say, I usually charge double. <laughs> and for her, it was all about not just blurting out the first thing that came to mind, but really being more deliberate and how she responded to those two questions. I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, but it's true because a lot of times we are, especially women, we're, we're conditioned to just please and respond and that's not the best way to run a business. <laughs> so we no, really need to no. sit and kind of work with that and work through those emotions or whatever's kind of coming at us and then right. respond in a way that's better for us. Yeah. And a lot of people get very nervous when they have to you know, talk about the pricing piece. So then of course your, you know, the cognitive part of your brain starts to work differently or not at all. And mm -hmm. so then, yeah, you, you do get, <clears throat> excuse me, into very emotional responses, which are when people offer discounts when they shouldn't. <laughs> okay. What's one business tip you'd like to share with the group? Mm. I think often one of the things that's we kind of gloss by mm -hmm. uh, is really kind of focusing on our vision and our values in our company, mm -hmm. but they are the foundational piece of everything else that you build in your business, your offers, your customer journey, mm -hmm. your pricing, your customer experience, right? Everything that kind of comes from that is rooted in our vision for the company mm -hmm. and our personal values or our mm -hmm. company values. And so I think really kind of always 
revisiting those on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I do it every morning in my journaling, whether you do this weekly in a team meeting, it's great to kind of start the team meeting with kind of your company's vision and your values again, to remind everybody as you're dealing with a customer service complaint or as you're trying to price your new product, right? What is our vision for this company? Where Mm -hmm. are we going? And what are the values that we hold dear? And you would be surprised how many times that answers a lot of the questions that you're wrestling with. When you come back to those core foundational pieces, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden that thing that you've been going back and forth over for, you know, hours, all of a sudden becomes really clear because when you get back in alignment, the decision is, is really kind of clear as to how to move forward. Yeah. This is one of the things that when I read the book, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, the Zappos, the former Zappos uh, founder, this is, this is, I hold them up as a model of that. They have a great set of mission, vision, mission, and values. And they really, you know, it's kind of like this reference check when any decision that they make, they go back to how that decision is supporting these things. And if it's not, they're cutthroat about it and chuck it out the door. And I just think that you're, you're absolutely right. That's very important. Very important. Great tip. Two more questions. What's a favorite book or tool you'd like to share with the audience? Well, I have a billion different tools being in the office space. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the book. <laughs> I'm going to go with the book. You know, the one book that I always come back to over and over again is one of the first books one of my coaches recommended I read, mm-hmm. and that is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And I love that book because every time I read it, I pick something different out mm-hmm. of it every time. And so he talks about a variety of different things, like talking about like your zone of excellence versus your zone of genius and how we often get stuck in that Mm -hmm. zone of excellence because we're so good at it and we get positive feedback, but really we're not in our zone of genius. And then he also talks about an upper limit problem. And so a lot of times we hear about this in the online space, right? When you hit that threshold again Mm -hmm. of of pricing or value, you start to self-sabotage a lot of what's going on because you've kind of, you've got an upper limit problem. And so he talks about this in a variety of ways of like people's upper limit for happiness is when they start to kind of have issues within a relationship or, right. But I think this definitely applies to pricing is Mm. when we hit that upper limit, then we start to make all kinds of decisions in our business that can really affect our pricing. So I highly recommend anyone go and grab that book. It's a great read for any time of the year. So excellent. I'll put that in the show notes. Super. So I have one last very simple question for you. How can people reach out to you if they'd like to know more? Yeah. So these days I'm hanging out on LinkedIn. So you can come on over there and just find me. I'm just, you know, forward slash Kristen Westcott, my first and my last name together. And I'd love to chat and you, t- chat with you in the DMs. It's my favorite way to kind of start conversations. Super. Excellent. I will put links to all those things into the show notes at the end of this. So everybody, you can just go down there and click on that. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure as well, Janine. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, the podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, rate, review, and subscribe to it, then share it with your friends and colleagues. I love hearing back from you listeners. If you've got comments, questions, or topic ideas, go on over to thepricinglady.com and contact me there. Not sure where to start when it comes to improving pricing and profits? At thepricinglady.com, you can download a copy of my self-assessment pricing scorecard. Find out where it's going well and where you can begin improving. Or just simply book a discovery call with me. There we can discuss what's up with pricing in your business and how I might be able to help you. 
Thanks once again for joining. Remember, pricing can hurt or help your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. See you next time. And as always, enjoy pricing.